Welcome into another episode of Outdoor Adventures right here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com, and anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm your host, average everyday fisherman and uh, two-time reigning bottle bass champion, Stan Poggle, and my co-host, legendary guide, and he has a few more credentials on the fishing side of things. He's a Hall of Famer there. Chris Kudak, where are you at today, buddy? Well, I've been all over the country. I've been looking. I got the grandkids, so we were looking at uh, ladder stands. I got to go find me a double ladder stand. So I've been out shopping for that. And we went into a car show today in Malacca and seen a bunch of old muscle cars. And uh, uh, tomorrow we're going to head up and watch uh, the last last hurrah, the Big Bassmasters tournament. Yeah, how has that been so far? I know they ran into a little weather. It looks like here yesterday, and I know we've had some rain here in the cities. So how how about today? Well, today they had a bye day. They didn't fish today. They're going to finish up tomorrow. They fish Thursday and Friday. And uh, I talked to a few of the guys and some locals that were out there that were out there watching them. And, you know, they they caught some fish. They had a good good couple of days, but it wasn't like it was last year. They're finding out that, uh, you know, all these bass guys have been all over, up from all over the country are probably taking a few more bass out of the lake than people take. Yeah, so uh, we'll keep you updated on that. And uh, also, we got a pretty good show this week. We have uh, Nancy Kep's going to be joining us here from the Minnewaska area here in just a couple of minutes. And then our buddy jo- Joe Bricko from uh, JT Custom Rods is going to be joining us. And it's that time of the year. We talk about it a lot, but uh, the the good fishing is coming along. Uh, we had small game. I, I know the youth waterfall hunt. We chatted about this, and one of my uh, cousins, he had, he had uh, brought his kid out just a youngster out for the youth waterfowl hunt last week. And uh, they ended up shooting some coot, I guess. And the kid, of course, wanted to eat the coot because he shot him, so he was pretty proud of his catch. And uh, he was forced to uh, do a little bacon-wrapped coot, and he said, really, it wasn't all that bad. Well, you know, if you cook, if it's like anything, if you cook them right and you know how to do it, you know, it, it don't taste bad. I mean, I've... I've cooked a lot of eel pollock and uh, and fish during the years, and you know if you know how to cook them, they're eatable. I mean, uh, you can eat it. I mean, it's 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 how you prepare the stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that guy. Oh, I ain't gonna eat that. Well, yep. you know, I know a lot of people that won't eat northerns, but if you bake them right or you fry them right, they they don't know the difference from a northern to a, a perch or a walleye or anything else. So, it, it's how you prepare them. I mean, that it, it's, it's. I don't know. Coot does not sound all that good, but I think a lot of it is the mental state, and that's what my cousin was telling me. He was he was saying, you know, once I got over the fact that it was a coot, it was okay. And I have a story about that, too. And funny thing, I'm not dating this gal anymore, but the, a former girlfriend of mine, she wasn't a big wild game person. You know, she did hamburger and steak and, you know, hot dogs and stuff like that. But if it was a duck or a goose or an elk or deer or anything like that, she's like, oh, no way. So, well, I, so I, my... I, I can remember when 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 my my uh, well my first wife my only wife uh, they wouldn't eat venison. I mean they she she had it in her mind that venison wasn't you know she didn't yeah. like it. I I don't know how many venison roasts I've cooked and them kids they ate it they didn't know nothing. I told them it was a you know, they didn't know it was yeah. crock pot and you know after after they got done eating it you know, I said well how did, what did you think of that? Oh well, it was a good roast. I said yeah I said that was venison. <laughs> no way. I said, yeah I said, go look in the garbage. There's a I mean. 
That's the exact same thing I did to her. I, I, I said, hey, you know, you want to come over? I'm cooking some spaghetti. Well, my buddy or my brother was just back from his buddies in Alaska, so they shot a bunch of caribou, I think it was, or elk or whatever it was. So we had a whole freezer full of it. So I whipped up some spaghetti, and she came over, and, you know, I made it, made made dinner, and she's sitting there eating it, and she gets done, and she's like, oh, I think, you know, it's pretty good. I think I'll go have another plate. So I waited till she got about halfway through the second plate, and I'll put it this way. She wasn't too happy when she, when I told her it was elk, but <laughs> she ate it, and she loved it, so there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's how you prepare it. I mean, they got they got recipes for everything now, and you you know, everybody's wrapping stuff in bacon now and doing this and doing that. I mean, it, it, it's all a mindset, I think, is what it is. If, they, if you tell them it's one thing and they, they don't know, once they eat it, they eat it, it's, it's good. Exactly. Well, let's, uh, before we uh, make her wait any longer here and uh, listen to our stupid stories, let's bring on uh, our friend Nancy Kep up there from Kep's Bait up in uh, Glenwood there on Lake Minnewaska. How are we doing today, Nancy? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Not too I, bad. I, I suppose you just crawled out of your deer stand to come and talk to us. <laughs> no, I actually just warmed up from being on the lake this morning and getting wet. Yeah, you guys, we got you know we got a little rain this morning, but then it it's been cloudy all day. Now it's starting to drizzle again. But uh, this is supposed to blow over tomorrow. It's supposed to be a nice day. But you guys had a fishing. You guys had a busy busy summer out there. The way it sounds, the fish have been good out there in Minnewaska, them little lakes around you. And you had a big tournament that turned out turned out to be a pretty good tournament. Now you got the the, the small game season. The, the goose hunting's going on out in that neck of the woods, and pretty soon it'll be pheasant hunting and. You're deer hunting open today, so I suppose you're you're busy in the deli over there. Oh, we are busy in the deli. We were very busy last night. I was there until almost six o'clock, and last minute people coming in for their bow license and duck stamps, and oh, it was nuts. No, has, has anybody brought any big deer in yet? I have not seen any. No. Okay. Well, it's pretty green yet, though. I'm well, it's green up here. I I got some buddies that are out hunting as we speak, and. They seen a few this morning, but nothing they wanted to shoot. I guess I talked to them this afternoon, but eh, the leaves are starting to change a little bit around here. Another couple weeks, it'll it'll be prime time, I think. There's too many mosquitoes for me right now to sit out in those deer stands. Well, I me too. Me too. That's uh, that's uh, one thing they can they can. Uh, I'll wait. I'll wait till we get the first frost, and then I'll go. Just put on more bug spray. I mean, you know, might not get any deer, but at least the bugs won't get you. <laughs> Well, you got to take your thermosol now this time of the year, or, or get the nice blind that you you don't get uh, too many bugs on you. Right. So what? What? How was your How was your tournament, Nancy? Who won it, and, and how was the bite over there for that? Um, I don't have the names of the people who won it. I know that's terrible of me, but they're in my truck. Um, Joe Bricko fished it, and he did really well. He brought in six fish each day, or he's going to be on the show today. So. Um, he was one of my people that fished it. I had 50 teams. The bite was absolutely amazing. Um, I think it was 358 walleyes got brought in two days, 50 boats. It's crazy. And, and uh, how, never... how, how is the panfish on your lake now? Is that really starting to go pretty good? Oh, the panfish have been crazy all summer. I had that uh, AAL league, the American Angler League, out on Minnewaska this year. We fished Monday night for six weeks and all the kids combined i think they got 1288 sunfish <laughs> and how many kids yeah. do you got participating in that uh, there's 16 of them 
that's, that's a lot of them don't come every night. You know, some miss a couple of nights, and just whenever their parents can get them out there. But for the most part, most of the kids went out every night with their parents, or one kid goes with his grandpa. So very cool. Yeah, and I suppose you load your boat fully all your kids too. I do. I have three boys in my boat, and I tell you what, I'm about ready to pull my hair out by the time 7.30 rolls around. <laughs> well, I, I was up doing a deal at Camp Confidence here two weeks ago, and uh, we had a pontoon, and I had uh, seven, eight people in the boat there, and I had Craig Dickmeyer with me, a good friend of mine. He comes with us. We, we, we sat fished on Sullivan, Sullivan Lake behind Camp Confidence there, and these guys, I we were we fished for a couple hours, and I bet we had a hundred and some panfish and some smallies and a couple of northerns. And I was so tired of baiting off, I thought I was back doing the launch business again. They had fun. I mean, these guys had fun. They don't get out to fish that often, and it, I mean, it was miserable. It was raining. You know, we we put them underneath the cover of the pontoon what we could, and and but they they were troopers. They had a good time, and 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 it's a good deal for the people to get out there and do that. So, Nancy, do you have a, if I remember right, don't you have some type of a big pheasant deal coming up, too, here this fall? Oh, uh, we are undecided on the pheasant hunt right now, mm-hmm. um, with the population being down, like, 26%. Yeah, I heard um, that. It doesn't sound like the uh, numbers are all that great, is it? Yeah. So, I think the general consensus is just to hold off for this year, and hopefully the pheasant population will come back a little bit stronger. I'm just mm-hmm. driving around in the country, around Glenwood area. You just don't see the pheasants like you used to. So, and hopefully the early spring, nice spring, makes a difference. But I'm not sure if it will. So, and I'm guessing too. Uh, before we go here, we got about a minute to go. Uh, before I uh, want to ask you, I'm sure you're probably getting excited for the ice fishing season, like the rest of us, right? I am very excited for the <laughs> ice fishing season. I get uh, most of my well, all my Eskimo stuff and my Ion augers, they're all coming in the 25th of September, so they'll all get brought to the store. So it'll be like a little kid in a candy store mm-hmm. going through all that freight. And then like, uh, here next week, I have my ice fishing show that I'm going to go to and order all my ice fishing gear to make sure my store's stocked and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Well, sounds great. And how do people find you up there uh, up in Glenwood if they want to stop in and say hi? Uh, we're at the junctions of 29 and 55, right on top of the hill as you come in from Glenwood. Uh, from Alexandria, um, right on the junctions there of 29 and 55. Fantastic. Thank you again for joining us, Nancy, and enjoy the weekend. All Stay right, out of trouble. Too. Yep, bye-bye. That's Nancy Cap from uh, Kep's Bait, kepsbait.com. You can find him there. And uh, we'll have Joe Bricker of J- or Joe Bricko of JT Custom Rods coming up here at the bottom of the hour. And uh, Kudak, she mentioned the pheasant population uh, not doing so hot. 26% down from last year, and it wasn't all that great last year either. But uh, it's 32% below the 10-year average and 62% below the long-term average. Um, the index was 38 birds per 100 miles of roads driven on their survey. So uh, not good news for the pheasant hunters, I guess. Well, you know, up where I'm at here, I've, I've been seeing seeing lots of pheasants. I mean... I seen I seen some again today, and I I just think it's where you're at because I, I mean around our country up here there's a lot of birds around. Yeah, see I I know in my neck of the woods I don't remember I mean even when I was a kid it was it was pretty bad you always had to go to Southwest Minnesota to actually find some but uh, they're saying a lot of it is because of the 
there's not as much CRP land in the farm bill coming up here next year. They're going to try to push for for more of the CRP land. And, of course, you know, you can't blame the farmers, obviously, for wanting to farm their land. But at the same time, it it maybe doesn't uh, always help the, the population anyway. Yeah, and, you know, we, you got the... You know, you got the foxes, the coon, and everything else that that gets the eggs when they're, you know, when they're hatching. So I mean, it's got a got a lot to do for cover and and this and that. But uh, you know, hopefully we'll have an easy winter. Hopefully we won't get much much snow, and and they'll have the pheasants will have a good winter, and they'll they'll come back next year. All right, we got to go to break here, buddy. We'll be right back. More outdoor adventures on Twin Cities News Talk AM eleven thirty and TwinCitiesNewsTalk dot com. Also, uh, we'll chat with Joe Bricko of JT Custom Rods a little bit later on. Uh, has some new items up for grabs this winter for the hard water season. So we're looking forward to that coming up here on Outdoor Adventures. Ask her what's a woman like you doing here. I see you used to champagne, but I'll buy you a beer. She said, you've got me figured out, but I'm not what I seem. And for a dance, I'll tell you about these tight-fitting Now, that's some good country there, Kudak, huh? I suppose suppose you're playing that for the girlfriend so when she comes up tomorrow. Ah, yeah, well, I actually have a a good idea. We're going to, I don't know if this will hold, but... I think we should do like a theme every week where the songs, the three songs, the intro songs, link to something maybe uh, to you or to me as hosts. Uh, and I was thinking I, I put these three songs together today to describe something in your life. So that's that's kind of where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you just wait. You just wait until the last two songs. You're really gonna be. <laughs> Really gonna be wondering then. Oh yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> so I thought I thought we'd do a theme each week, you know, and then the listeners could guess what the theme of the week is. Yeah, there you go. Be kind of fun, but uh, we got uh, Joe Bricko coming in here in just a few minutes uh, to chat about. Uh, sounds like he's got some new stuff coming out for the winter here, and nobody's uh, more excited for winter time than me. Yeah, well, but I got a feeling it's going to be an early winter. The way the way stuff is going here, I just hope we don't get uh, pummeled by snow. I hope we get some ice and and uh, you know get some good ice so we can get out there early. Yeah, these last couple of years have not been uh, the greatest. That is for sure because I know it's uh, there've been some short seasons and you know last couple ones the ice has been kind of iffy in different areas too with the kind of warm ups and then it cools down and then it warms up so. Hopefully uh, this year will be a little better. Well, yeah, you know, you got to get that that new wheelhouse you bought that that, <laughs> that big fancy one that you got done. Now that you got to get that out there in the lake so all your buddies and you can go out there and then have a little party going on. Yeah, that big old uh, fancy house I got. You bet that. You mean that uh, two man that little pop up one? You know that you sit on the ice that one? No, no, I mean the one that you that big wheelhouse you just put together. That uh, <laughs> put together that, no that, wheelhouse. That ten man, you just built that four hundred thousand dollar one. Oh yeah, that would be uh, real nice. I would love to do it, but uh, I won't have anything to pull it out on the lake with, unfortunately. But I wanted to give you a little crap here too. Um, there's a lot of things, you know. You got that flip phone. Not only can you listen to iHeartRadio and listen to Outdoor Adventures if you got a smartphone like I have, but yeah. you know, if you're an outdoorsman, 
You know, you call me all the time, and you're like, oh, I got to run here and drop off some papers. Oh, I got to run to this and drop off the mail. Well, you know, you can do a lot of that stuff right from the comfort of your lazy boy, Kuduk. Well, you know, I probably could, but it's you got to get a little exercise. I, 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 ah. you know, I've, been, I've been trying to tell you. I got one kid sitting on the floor here playing with the with the with the with the, with the iPod or whatever he's playing with, and he's got the headphones on. I got one in the other room playing on her tablet. You know what? Get outside <laughs> and do something. Get in the vehicle. Go somewhere. Get a little exercise. I'm not one of the ones that want to sit in front of a computer and do it. I want to. I, I you know, if people want to talk to me, they call me and talk to me or or whatever, and and that that's how I do things. Well, I know you get a lot of uh, twelve ounce curls in. You probably uh, have a record for that. So, yeah, I've been drinking a lot of Mountain Dew lately and yep. about Diet Coke. Yeah, yep. yep. No, but you can uh, for those outdoorsmen that uh, are a little bit more uh, electronical uh, savvy or whatever the term is. I, I'm no uh, internet genius either. By the uh, you can tell by the way I talk here, but uh, you can buy your license there. You can check the different regulations. You can find places to hunt. They got maps on there for private lands, walking trails, deer permit areas. You can register your deer. I'd love to see that. You trying to register your deer on a smartphone? I think that would be. That'd be a real hoot. Well, you know, I have done my deer registering you now for probably the last six or seven years. On my way out of the woods, when I got my deer in the back of the truck, there's a number you can call. And they, you can register them driving down the road like I do because I'm not that far from home. And I can register it. You dial the 800 number. They ask you all the questions. You do it. They give you a number. And you're done. Okay, well, so so you kind of are pretty uh, techie savvy, even though it's an eight hundred number. You're you know, no, you still you know, doing it with your phone. Kids, I'm usually driving the truck, and my kid sit next to me, and I let him do the registering. So, I got I got a dog pat. I shoot the deer; he registers them. Yeah, sorry about that. I had to uh, deal with some uh, technical stuff here in the background, but uh, just thought I'd throw that out there for you folks. So if you are on the road or if you're in a hurry, you can uh, do all that stuff. And then, you know, we were talking earlier about the lines were uh, big up there at Kep's Bait, and and uh, here's, here's a way you can just do it on your phone, and you don't have to uh, go and wait in that big line. Well, you know, you can do your, your, your fishing license. You can get them on, online. You can... You do your license tabs. I just did my license tabs for my truck here all oh, month or so ago, and you know you got to wait a few days and give you a confirmation number. But I mean, yeah, there's there's some things that you you know it's it's easy to do with the comforts of sitting in your recliner, and and uh, you know some stuff works so good, some not so good. Well, we'll have to get those uh, grandkids of yours. I know you mentioned last week that they're going to teach you some stuff, so uh, I'm going to check your progress coming up here next week, so you better learn something. But I wanted to uh, hear, well, we got a couple of minutes before we bring Joe on from JT uh, Custom Rods. I know we chatted a week or two ago with uh, with uh, Dean Hansen up there at Mille Lacs with the situation there and uh, kind of the fishy agreement, we'll call it, uh, with the DNR uh, made here in the last uh, few months. But you were talking something about you had heard possibly um, about stocking it, and I, I have some interesting information on some of the lakes that they do stock. So what did you find out as far as what the situation is up there? Well, I was talking to a few guys, and I don't know if, we're, if they got it from the meeting or where they got it from. I guess they had a meeting last week or the week, week after, and they were talking about uh, 
you know, considering stocking Lax Lake with, 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 with walleyes again. And, you know, back years ago, you know, we, we would, you know, back, you know, we had some dry spells here, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was. And, well, why don't we stock the lake? Well, the DNR's answer was, well, Mille Lake can take care of itself. We don't need to. We don't need to do it. We don't need to strip them. We don't need to stock them, and uh, that was what it was. And you know, and it, then I, you know, people have brought up, well, you know, why, you know, why are you stripping the walleyes out of blacks, taking them other places, and doing this and doing that? Well, now, from what I understand, and I don't, I heard this through rumor, so I don't know if it's true, but somebody at the DNR or, or whoever brought it up that they're talking about stocking a lake. Well, you know. I, I, they could have been stocking this lake for years, and they could, you know, like I've always said, hire the bait guy to dump some bait in the lake or do whatever. You know, put some walleye, put some saugers. You know, Black doesn't have saugers in it. Put some perch, put some sunnies, put some crappies. You know, stock it with with a bun, abundance of these small fish. Well, now you got forage for everything around there to eat. And you know, then they talked about, well, we can't put saugers in it because it's an invasive species. Well, many, many years ago, they put muskies on a lake that's an invasive species. So, you know, I I listen to all this stuff, and I... Well, unfortunately, it, everything is, seems to be an invasive species in this state, if you ask the DNR. Well, I heard through the grapevine that now night colors are an invasive species. I, I've actually read that, as a matter of fact, as well, that... that uh, so now, you know, and I used to love doing that as a kid with the old man. He'd go out there, and, you know, the old man, he was... He'd get every damn one, and I I would go down there and you know rip one off or would go into the ground before I got to it. But he had it down. He 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 uh he was a hell of a uh, night crawler catcher. But I, we probably won't even be able to do that anymore in a few years. Well, back when we were kids, we we you know growing up down in the cities, we go to the to the parks in town there, and we picked all the night crawlers. And I mean, I'm walking through my yard here the other day. We got a we got a good rain up here, and I got so many night crawlers in my yard up here. It's unbelievable. I mean. I could pick up dozens upon dozens upon dozens of them. I mean, my yard's full of night crawlers, and you know, pretty soon the leech is going to be an invasive species, and the minnows are yep. going to be invasive species. And it's all going to be soon, artificial. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, and I, don't get me wrong, artificial. I use a lot of artificial. I catch a lot of fish on artificial, but there's some days that they don't want artificial. They want that leech, or they want that night crawler, or they want that minnow on that hook, and yep. you know, it's uh, you know. It's a tough deal to do, and I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. But they got, they got this deal up here. It, it's, it's such a mess that uh, I don't think I'll ever see it in my lifetime if they ever get a straight around. I mean, they got it, they got it so balled up up here now that it's, uh, you know, my first deal would be take the nets out of the lake. I mean, the nets, and I, I've been saying this since back when this all started. Nets don't work in any lakes in the country. I mean, it is a proven fact. You know what? I, we could we could talk about this for three hours, and I could go get going and going and going. So <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Take yeah. the nets off the lake, you know, and and for our tax basis in this lake, put ten casinos up, and let's pay our revenues with these casinos. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I don't blame you on that uh, opinion at all. But I wanted to throw this in here before we go to the break. The DNR they just did a review of uh, the 254 lakes that are in the accelerated walleye program. So they've been, you know, stocking fingerlings um, at a pretty uh, hefty rate in some of these lakes. And it says DNR plans to continue stocking fingerlings in some of these lakes at the same rate, but on other lakes, anglers will benefit from actually reducing fishing or fingerling stocking rates. 
Um, Don Pereira, the fisheries chief, you know who that is. Oh, yeah, um, yeah I know Don he, very well. He said this. He said, a review found that 70% of the 254 lakes saw no improvement in walleye numbers. Some even had some decline in walleye numbers after we massively increased stocking them. So that, you know, if they're going to stock it, doesn't sound like that always works either. So what's the answer? That's, And that's the thing. It's just like anything else. You get it from both sides, and who do you believe? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe that you can go to a lake and put, you know, 10,000 fingerlings in there. Granted, you're going to lose some, but it's, it's it all helps. I mean, why why... Why don't they go like the guys on Minnetonka put the, the two-pounders or the pound and a half or the three-pound instead of putting the figure leagues in there, put a little bigger ones in there? Yeah, I agree. They have uh, definitely a higher rate. I think they said like 85% survival rate compared to a fingerling that probably has a, what, 5% chance of, of living. So it definitely matters. But, you know, as far as the numbers go, it could be – you know, when the deer population goes up, well, then there's too many deer and there's not enough for them to eat. You know what I'm saying? So there, there's got to be that balance. So I guess you could overstock as well. Well, you know, it all depends what lake. I mean, it's like if I if, if I invite you over to my beer and barbecue, you know, and then I invite five other people just like you, I'm going to be out of beer and ribs in a pretty short amount of time. Well, yeah, that'd be about 10 minutes. Yeah. So the same yeah. goes for walleyes, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I talked to a few guys, and I won't mention any names, but they do work for the DNR, and they, they're they pretty pretty up in the deal there. They're, they're telling me that, you know, they hunt over on uh, over on Zone 1, and I hunt in Zone 2 over here. And, I mean, uh, last year I seen, I seen, I've seen more deer last year, and I've hunted this piece of property for 25 or better years. And, I mean, I see more does and fawns and nice bucks, big bucks, little bucks. And they're telling me that there's no deer around. And I'm thinking, I don't know where you guys are hunting. Because, I mean, when you see 15, 20 deer in the morning, and, I mean, I had does. And, I mean, I've, I've been over checking my cameras here now and this and that, and I got plenty of deer over there. And I'm not saying that, you know, I don't shoot, I don't shoot does and fawns anyways. I shoot bucks, but we could shoot either a buck or a doe over here. And uh, I, you know, if I shoot a big buck, I shoot a big buck. If I, if I don't shoot a buck, I don't shoot a buck. I mean, that's just how it is. And I, I'm more selective than a lot of people. I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, you got, you got to let, let these, it's and it's just like fishing. You gotta let 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 them let them grow. Let them get bigger. Sure, sure. And be selective about it. Yep. Don't don't be shooting the does and the fawns. And yep. pretty soon, once they get too many deer, pretty soon. I remember one year we could shoot seven deer over here. Well, yep. well, hey, we got we got to go to break here. We'll continue this uh, after the break here on Twin Cities News Talk. Oh, you gonna take me home tonight? Kudak? Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're back for more outdoor adventures. Uh, remember, we're doing uh, name that theme this week. We're we're gonna link these three tunes up, and it's all gonna 
come in a circle to explain uh, something about our, our buddy Kudak. We'll just put it that way. I thought, I thought you were involved with this deal. I thought we were going to explain about you. No, no, no. These songs. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Let's bring our friend uh, Joe Bricko on here from JT uh, Custom Rods. How we doing, Joe? Hey, good, guys. How's it going today? We're doing good. We're having a lot of fun. All right. You know, Stanley, Joe, Joe won a tournament here a few weeks ago. He him and his partner uh, whooped, up, whooped up on him up on Lake Vermillion, so he's got a little extra cash in his pocket. Uh-oh. I think he might be taking us out for prime rib. Well, that's what I heard. That's absolutely right. Where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> you name the so time what, and place. What What do we have new, Joe, for, for this winter, for, for the, the winter season we're looking forward to? Well, we always got new stuff cooking. Um, really, we got more ideas than than I have time. So I like the development phase of it. So it's a good thing I have good partners to to reel me in. But um, so so some things in the works right now. Uh, we always like to do all of our testing and development work uh, a year before we work all the kinks out. I get it out to staff. Um, really go through a couple different re- revisions before we get it the way we want it. So I'm kind of in a period right now where I'm. I'm trying to get out my, my final long rod stuff to make sure it gets thoroughly tested before uh, the spring release next year. And then we're also adding some new ice rods that uh, I was working on last year, testing that we didn't, we didn't have to market. So uh, specific to those, we are going to add uh, a, a gold digger, which uh, that was a popular rod for us last year. And what that is is that it's, uh, it's a medium light uh, walleye uh, perch rod. So it's a great combo rod. I offered that in 34 inches last year. Uh, it was a rod I, I really couldn't build fast enough. Uh, we're going to offer that in a 30 inch now. So that's a that's a blank that I I uh, I built last year and tested, and then and then I'm, I'm going to have that offering this year. And then we're also adding a, a, a blackout. So that's going to be a 40 inch rod. That's a that's a big water rod for us. So that's a that's a lake trout, uh, pike, uh, big walleye rod. I really designed it around. Lake, Win- Lake Winnipeg uh, Greenbacks. So I'm adding a 40-inch version of that, and that's going to be a medium-heavy rod. And then uh, a power noodle rod. So we got three three new offerings this year. And the power noodle rod, how long is that one going to be? It's going to be a 34-inch blank. And what's, what's kind of unique about power noodle rods, which is different than, than any of my other rods, which are, which are carbon fiber, uh, they're extra fast rods. And what happens with that is, you know, you really have the taper within the first third of the rod, and then the blank diameter stays same all the way to the handle. So I, I can adjust the length on, on that one. One of the few that I can actually adjust the length on, where with my carbon fiber rods, they actually taper from the from the tip all the way to the all the way to the end. So uh, we try we try to avoid lopping off, you know, the end because you change the power of the rod when you go when you go cut the blank. Yeah. Yep. And what, I thought you're going to put all cork handles on them. You're not changing any of the handles or anything. Uh, no, we uh, cork is popular for us, but that's uh, that's something new. I'm, I'm glad to glad to ask that. Um, we're we're going to add uh, the the wind style handle. So we made our own version of that, and that's a uh, that's a polyurethane overlay that's uh, that's over cork, and that's that's been really popular uh, over the last probably four or five years. So that's going to be a new handle option for us, and uh, we're we're pretty excited about it. Again, I, I personally, along with my staff, 
uh, field tested this last year, and we think we got we got something pretty good going there. Good. Well, I've been using your your, your summer rods all this summer, and I'll tell you what, they they are some of the nicest rods that, that I've ever used. I, I I and I got lots of rods that I mean through the years I've used lots of rods, but the product that you're coming out with, you're doing a very good job, and you got good pro staff people working, you know, running them and telling you what to do and what to change. That's the best part of it. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, companies are all about the people that are around you, and you know, I've been pretty pretty blessed with having having some good staff, a, a great uh, great sales manager, uh, Chris Grandard runs Rainy Days Guide Service. He does a phenomenal job for us. He manages staff and uh, does a good job of uh, marketing and and keeping me on track. I'm I'm an idea guy, so I could I could have a hundred ideas, but uh, you gotta you gotta get to market too. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's part of this industry. If a guy guy goes out and uses your product, and if he's got good good feel and it works good and it's good in his hand, and you can feel the fish biting, that's 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 half the battle right there. Yeah, and that's you know that's that's really what we're we're about. Um, I'm a tournament guy, so I'm, I'm driven by I'm driven by performance. So we we put most of our focus uh, in our blanks and developing our own proprietary blanks and. Uh, we're we're really about customizing the performance. At the end of the day, um, I want a rod that's 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 going to help me basically catch more fish. I mean, it's it's important that uh, that big fish hit the net. Uh, you know that, Chris. So we we really focus on uh, the performance of the of the rods over all else. And, and and give these people a little insight of how you won that tournament up up on Vermilion. Let, let, <laughs> If you if you want to sneak it out a little bit, just tell them how you were doing and what you were doing. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good question. That's been a popular question. It's uh, it was a very unorthodox approach. Um, it was a, it was a two day event, and um, the way we did it is we we actually trolled uh, we actually trolled with spinning rods, which is which is super you know different. Um, normally, when you're trolling, it's going to be your line corner you know reels, and you put them in the rod holder and uh, so it was uh, it was unique that way, and the reason we did that, Chris, is uh, we were we were really utilizing a a run and gun uh, approach. We were really struggling in in practice, and you know we really we we really dreamt this up on the fly, and um, so we we're, we're we were run and gun again, and we were just trying to really keep spots on on big big structure. And these spots were 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 pretty small. I mean, you get a you know, some of them really get a, a twenty a twenty yard stretch out of them, and with the line corners, you know, by the time you let the line out, I mean, you're you're burning a bunch of time doing that. Now, what the spinning rod allowed us to do is cruise up to those spots, and my partner would actually be casting out before I even had the big motor off, and we could have our baits in the strike zone in five to ten seconds because we would just make a cast. We we're running ten pound fire lines to get the really fine diameter. Allowed, allowed that bait to dive down to the base of the rocks. We were targeting, we were targeting boulders. We figured out that the big fish were were buried, you know, in the rocks and the big rocks. And all we're doing is really just grinding those big crankbaits on the base of the rocks on the on the transition. And uh, that's that's how we got our that's how we got our big bites. It was it was a ton of work. We lost a lot of bait. We were snagged a, a, a lot. But uh, that's that's how we ended up triggering those those big fish. Yeah, you know, and I and I've done that the same way you've done it on the lax, where we, you know, we're fishing the fishing the reefs, and 
you know, like you said, you can't, you don't use a light cutter. I use an open face with with the fire light on it, with number five to, you know, you're fishing shallow water. But you know, you, you get out there real quick, and you, like you say, you lose, you lose a lot of crankbaits. I mean, I, I, yep. I, I, don't know, I don't know how many I've put in the lakes and the rocks up there, but you know what? You catch a lot of fish doing it. But it's, it's, uh, I mean, we've been doing it. There's, oh, there's been a handful of us up blacks that we instead of using the bait casters and this and that, we use our. Our, our regular rods with the, the fire line on it with our number fives and I've had it out in the mud with the number nines using it too with the with the with the fire line with the ten pound test and it, it works good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's uh, it, it was it was critical to, to to how we how we did that, um, and it was really just about the speed and the efficiency um, was was really key for us because we we're hitting a lot of spots um, during the day and. You know, it uh, it also forces you to handhold the rod, and that was that was important too. A lot of times, when you have a line counter reel, it's 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 heavy. It's hard to it's hard to handhold all day long. So you're more apt to put it in the holder. But handholding that spinning rod allowed us to make quick quick adjustments. It allowed us to to raise the rod tip up over rocks. I mean, some of the rocks that were fishing around, we were we were joking they were bigger than Volkswagens, but that's probably not too far fetched. I mean, that lake has has, has massive massive rocks. And those those fish were really hanging out in those crevices, and they were they were feeding on crayfish. So we were just constantly grinding on the bottom, and you know raising up over big rocks that would see on the graph. And a lot of times you'd come off the backside of the massive boulders, and that's where we're getting our really big bites. Well, Joe, if you can, this is Stan again, uh, back in the studio. Wanted to uh, see if he could hang around for a couple more minutes. We got to go to a break here, but uh, we're chatting with uh, Joe Bricko of JT Custom Outdoor products and we'll have more with him coming up here next outdoor adventures on twin cities news talk am 1130 and twin cities One final segment, quick segment here of Outdoor Adventures. You can find us on iHeartRadio as well. Search Outdoor Adventures there. And we've been playing a few tunes here. We'll reveal the theme of those three songs uh, at the end of the show here. We're chatting with our good buddy uh, Joe Bricko of JT uh, Custom Rods. And I know we chatted about some of your new stuff and about all the fishing you've been catching this summer. But uh, let's transition to... Uh, a little hard water action here, Joe. And I know last year uh, you had some great products, and you, everybody, I, I seen them all over online and a lot of videos, and then it seemed like they were uh, working pretty good for some folks. So um, I'm sure uh, you're looking forward to another season on the ice. Yeah, we are, and uh, and things are uh, things are really heating up with that. I mean, I'm already into a mix of about 50% ice rods that I'm I'm building. So 50% summer rod orders and 50% ice rod orders already. And, you know, we really started taking ice rod uh, orders in July, and that's, uh, that's different for us. So that's, uh, that, that's a good sign. People are, people are getting excited about hard, uh, hard water and uh, should, be another, uh, should be another great year for us. And how can people get hold of you, Joe? Where, where, where are your rods at? So uh, the website's uh, the, the best uh, way to see to see what we have. All of our contact information is on there. I actually have uh, 
I actually have a pickup right at my location here in Farmington. If you pick that option for um, that's, or you can take uh, shipping, just a standard shipping. So uh, you can find us uh, online. It's uh, jtodp.com, and that's JT Outdoor Products abbreviated. So again, uh, jtodp.com. Sounds. And what are are you going to be at any any shows, Joe, coming up, or or any of that stuff? Yeah, we are. So this will be our this will be our fourth uh, fourth year doing the the Blaine show. So it's uh, it's the Hard Water show. It's up in Blaine, and that's uh, that's in November. And then our fourth season at the big one, which is the St. Paul uh, Ice Show, where I got to chat with you guys last year. And uh, we're adding Milwaukee back into the schedule. So this is a show we went to uh, three years ago, and it was actually I was fortunate enough to meet the guys from the Next Bite, which became very influential. And I can talk a little more on that. But uh, we're adding that one back into the schedule, so we have uh, so we have Blaine, uh, St. Paul, and uh, Milwaukee. So we're excited for a busy show season. And you, you, you know, I know Mike Rogers; he reps for you, and you got a bunch of other guys repping for you. And you can also get a hold of them guys, and they can put orders in for rats for people. Yeah, and you know that's that's how we're unique. Um, I don't sell through the big box store; I actually sell through uh, through through Pro Staff. So Pro Staff are uh, resellers for me. And, um, really, what that allows uh, allows me to do, and, and how it's an advantage for the consumer, is they can they can uh, get a hold of these guys, and we have we have got staff all over, really all over the Midwest. We even have staff out in New York, and and they carry some inventory, and you can uh, you can go over and you can test it before you before you buy it. And a lot of times these guys are on the water, and it, uh, you can actually uh, use it before you buy it too. And I think that's I think that's important to, to actually use something before you buy it. So this is this has allowed me to do that. Well, it's a great thing you got going with uh, JT Custom Rods and JT Outdoor Products. Go check them out, jtodp.com. We got to go here, Joe, but uh, thanks for tuning in, and hopefully I can maybe uh, meet you on the ice sometime this year. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me, guys. Sounds good. Thanks again. That is uh, Joe Berker of JT Outdoor Products. Check him out at JT odp.com looking forward to that kudak well i'll tell you what i've been using this rod here for the last couple of years and and his winter rods are are unbelievable his summer rods are are are, are just the same i mean they, he's got he's got a good product uh you know they're they're good quality rods i mean once you get one in your hand you don't want to let go of it. I mean, they're 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 quality. He's got quality stuff. He puts time and effort, and you know he's got the next bite guys. You know, helping him out, designing stuff. He's got a bunch of all his pro staff guys are good guys, and and you know they put time on the water. They fish with the stuff, you know, so they know what's going on. And like I said, I've been using them, and you know, I when I go, that's what I got in my hand. It's, it's they're good product. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to maybe coax you out of your house. Yeah, maybe make a trail of uh, sprinkled uh, donuts out your door so I can get you out of the house and then go sneak in and, and, and grab a couple of those from you. Well, yeah, yeah. Did you see that donut that I put on the, on the Facebook here a week or so ago? Ten-pound sprinkled donut. What? Yeah, some had a ten-pound <laughs> sprinkled donut. That's, that's a little too much. It's, it's kind of like the 20-pound the pizza. They make or whatever it is, one that's the size of a table. You know, it, it just all soggy and all the ingredients just get mashed together. I, I don't think it would taste too good. So I'll tell you what, it looks like it would it would be about a week or two to eat the dang thing. But I gotta give a shout out, Daryl Stimler. Them guys had their first or second second annual 
car show in Malacca today. Yep. And they, it, it was a really a good show. They had a ton of people down, ton of people down there, lots of cars, and it turned out to be a good deal. Next year is probably going to it's going to triple in size. I mean, it was a good deal. Yeah. Well, we got about thirty seconds to wrap things up. Um, I wanted to ramble off those songs and the theme for the listeners this week. It was Tight Fitting Jeans by Conway Twitty, Fat Bottom Girls by Queen, and You Still Love Her by Guns N' Roses. Um, that pretty much explains uh, Kudok's love life over the last 40 years. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. All right, buddy. We'll uh, catch with you. And thanks for uh, that third segment and uh, pulling that off because, ooh. It would have been a bad day at iHeartMedia if I wanna if you wanna cover that for me. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're feeling better now. I feel much better. That is a legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer Chris Kudak. I'm Stan Poggle, reigning uh, two-time bottle bass champion. Enjoy your time in the outdoors. Tune in next week, AM 11:30, FM 103.5, and on the iHeartRadio app. This is Outdoor Adventures. See ya.